All right, everybody. Well, welcome to a mini edition of the DH Podcast. I am joined by my great friend, Tommy, from Wetsu Sports. Before we get started, Tommy, why don't you go ahead and tell all the good people where they can find you at? Yeah, the good people of uh, the DH Podcast can find us um, on Twitter at Wetsu Sports. That's W-E-T-S-U Sports. Um, we're working on getting, um, talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in sports today, what's going on in the NFL is what I uh, like to look at. Um, and then we like to have fun and follow along with our fantasy following league. So, uh, you know, just something fun to do. Um, if you're interested in looking at that, go ahead and follow us. I definitely recommend that uh, everybody gives these boys a follow, so obviously I'm a little biased here. But uh, before we really get started, I wanted to congratulate you on the Big Ten coming back to life like Lazarus. So it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, it's exciting. I uh, I did not want to get my hopes up because did not know how it was going to go. It seemed like it was uh, on and then not on multiple times, so I was just going to wait till the official answer but you know now that we're back on we're we're excited yeah i think that was my problem was i was just way too hopeful for everything um in the sense that you know now now they're starting to get my my hopes up for mac i don't think that it'll happen i don't think pac 12 will happen um i'm surprised that we got the big 10 back but i'm happy because it means that we'll have uh, i mean you know, no offense to the Pac-12 here, but we'll have everybody that actually has a shot at the college football playoffs be represented, which is great. So nobody can say that it's a BS year. Yeah, absolutely. When you're talking about the number two team um, at the beginning of the season and Ohio State being added back, um, and then the likes of Penn State and Michigan, um, Wisconsin, those guys being added back into the mix, um, one thing that'll be interesting to see is all of the, the opt-outs. Um, I don't know that we'll see anybody opt back in, but um, that'll be interesting. What we had seen, uh, what was it, Michigan's quarterback opt-out? Or am I just completely yes, off I on believe, that one? Uh, McCaffrey's... Uh, I, I believe I saw somebody, somebody sent me a text uh, saying that McCaffrey's brother... Uh, opted out but I think I had seen that he was the backup I'm not 100% sure Um, at the very least they lost an experienced quarterback uh, in their system so that's a blow for sure do you do you realistically see any way that Ohio State loses the Big Ten um you know I'm a I'm always a pessimist pessimistic fan with my teams so yes I do um, we've seen them lose to Purdue and, um, you know, any given day, somebody in the Big Ten, I do believe, uh, can pull off the upset. Um, but that being said, there's no reason they should lose to anybody, but it can happen. It's a good point. Yeah, I definitely don't expect it to, but anything can happen on a given Saturday. I mean, I I truly don't think that they'll be tested until – they get to Indianapolis where they'll most likely face Wisconsin. And I can say the same thing about Wisconsin because they have arguably a much easier road to get to Indianapolis than Ohio State does. So because they don't have to see 
Michigan, they don't have to see Michigan State. They don't have to see Penn State. So uh, there's a lot of teams that they don't even have to look at. They just have to play Northwestern and Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see how the schedule um, affects things with, um, like we talked about with it being on and off and on and off. Um, I think that they've been kind of continuing light practice throughout that whole process, but I don't know that they've necessarily had it ramped up to where it would have been. Um, so I think they'll have about four weeks to get back into um, real football shape with um, something concrete to look ahead to. Um, so I think that that'll be interesting to see um, if that has any effect on somebody like an Ohio State or or Wisconsin. Maybe that'll even the playing field a little bit. Um, and then you've got, at least for Ohio State, um, that Ohio State-Michigan matchup is earlier in the year this year. Um, so... If if somebody if either one of those teams, um, you know, gets off to the hot to a hot start while the other um, is maybe still finding their footing, you could see something happen there as well. Yeah, I mean, typically we see that game is the uh, typically the last of the season for both those teams. But now they're what week six, I think I could be could be totally off on that, but it's right in the middle somewhere. I think it's week four, but yes, it, it, it's right in the middle where it's usually the last game of the year, um, and it's there's a lot riding on it, and there's still a lot riding on it, but it's not as um, it's not that climactic end to the season that that those teams usually have. Okay, no, that makes perfect sense. Well, for those of you uh, that are tuning in, what Tommy and I are going to focus on, um, especially today, is NFL. Um, he knows a whole lot more NFL than I do. We saw in week one, um, and then based on that, what we can look forward to in week two, and we're going to give some predictions um, on week two as well because it is Wednesday night. We're recording this, so it'll be out fresh for everybody Thursday morning before uh, Thursday night football, but also to pay attention to as we get um, as we get towards the Sunday slate. Um, where all the games are actually being played. So, uh, Tommy, was there a specific game that you wanted to start off with from week one? Uh, I think the Texans and Chiefs game is one that um, was pretty telling as these are two playoff teams from last year. Um, Texans losing the identity of their team and DeAndre Hopkins. It was interesting to see how um, they would replace him. Um, they look kind of listless without him, uh, I know Brandon Cooks was coming into this game after being injured. Um, so maybe once they get fully healthy, um, it'll look a little bit different and they can mesh together. Um, but as far as the Chiefs go, I mean, they look deadlier than ever, adding Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I mean, he looked like he was going to break off a big one every time he ran the ball. So, No, you're exactly right. Um, they looked amazing. Um, I, think, I think that we've seen... And I want your opinion on this. Do you think that we've seen the coach and GM route run its course? Because what we saw in Arizona was that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins deserves a good contract. Um, and for Bill O'Brien to, or for them to not be able to come to an agreement on anything. And then, of course, his first game, Hopkins has a career high in receptions that, I don't know if one man can handle both the GM and the coach anymore. Yeah, um, 
Definitely not him. I don't know. I I think it does take a special kind of person, <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't think Bill O'Brien's that guy. I don't you know I don't know that I can say too much negatively about his coaching. He has taken this team to the playoffs. Um, they've been very consistent. Um, although they haven't quite been able to get over them in the playoffs. Um, but as far as his GM abilities, there's been a lot of questionable moves made. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think that he's the guy for the job. I'm surprised that they've let him um, hold the reins this long. Uh, but his time may be coming to an end. I don't know. We'll see how this season goes. Well, and kind of going off the, the Hopkins train here, that was at least my favorite game to watch out of out of what we saw on Sunday, and we can get to the Monday night games later on. Um, but the Cardinals-Niners was absolutely amazing to watch. Um, I thought that... Everything on both ends for these teams looked great, except uh, Garoppolo's accuracy. Um, everything else seemed to be like it was almost mid-season form. Um, and that's saying a lot, especially for these guys not even having any preseason games. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, really happy for the Cardinals. They, they do look like an up-and-coming team. Um, they got a lot of young talent, and then they add in DeAndre Hopkins to that. Um, and then they still have Steady Eddie and Larry Fitzgerald there. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't agree more about Garoppolo. It looks like the 49ers are simply missing um, a great quarterback from – or even a good quarterback, to be honest with you. Um, I know they went to the Super Bowl last year with him, but I think if they had somebody that was capable of making the throws um, – they'd be unbeatable because their defense is a wall. Um, and then they, they do have weapons on offense. I know they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now to start the season. So the fact that they kept this game as close as it was, um, you know, all the way to the end, um, that's a lot to say about them. No, I think that's a great point uh, because even when you look at like um, divisional championships, like, you know, Blake Bortles got to the AFC championship game or, um, Jared Goff being in the Super Bowl, that just because you're that deep in the playoff doesn't necessarily solidify you as being called a great quarterback. So um, Jimmy G definitely needs to step it up. Uh, that's putting it politely. Um, but I wanted to also ask you what were some of your what were some of your more disappointing teams that you saw on Sunday? Um, so to be honest, I didn't get to watch too many of the games, but uh, following along, you know, I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, and that one was uh, disappointing to say the least. I do think a lot of people are sleeping on the Jaguars um, and what Gardner Mishu can do for this team. Um, they're clearly in tank mode as far as what their front office wants to do, but don't tell that to Gardner Minshew. Um, but that being said, the Colts losing Marlon Mack um, and then just not being able to put the Jaguars away. Um, that was disappointing. Um, you know, I know the Bills are a good team, but to see the Jets are kind of a team that I thought would maybe be a sleeper. Um, it was it was hard to get a read on them last year with Sam Darnold coming off of his uh, him having mono. <laughs> um, but to really see them go against this Bills team and uh, not be capable of much. I, you know, I know the Bills have a good defense, and I know they're a very good team. Um, but I would have liked to see them be more competitive. Um, the Eagles, the Eagles are—I mean—they got to be the most, the most disappointing team. I, mean, I, I know, I know, Eagles fans are not 
happy with <laughs> their performance. No, I you hit the nail on the head on that one because it is like going back to the ones that you talked about that while you're exactly right that the front office of the Jags in tank mode, it seems that like it seems that Menchu has a great connection, at least with the guys on offense, and he's able to bring them together. Like I saw clips on Twitter that were going around of um, him mic'd up in the huddle and his pregame and postgame speeches, and I, I you know, I myself have not been in the huddle. I know that you have, but uh, being able to actually like rally around a team and saying, "Hey, you know what? Screw whatever the hell the front office said. We're gonna we're gonna go out there and prove them wrong." Um, and I think that's incredibly important. But from from the Eagles' standpoint, they definitely took the biggest L for me this weekend. Um, and even on top of that. I had heard a lot of good things about Washington's defense, and frankly, I believed none of them, Um, and I definitely should have. So I definitely should have given them a little bit more credit. Um, They have a really good line that, frankly, didn't give Wentz much time, if any, um, to get the ball out, and I think that they're going to see, and I know that we're going to get to this a little bit later on as well, but I think that we're going to see a really difficult, um, obstacle for that defensive line because they're they're going to uh, Arizona next week. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what you saw in that Eagles Washington game was um, bad offensive line against great defensive line. Um, Washington has spent a lot of draft capital on their defensive line, and it showed. Um, you know, with Montez Sweat, Duran Payne. Um, they still have Ryan Kerrigan there, and then adding Chase Young. Um, I mean, that's a dynamic defensive line. That is going to be a matchup I'm interested to see next week. I think it will test Washington's defense. Um, you know, it's it's still early hard to tell who's who and what's what. But um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how real this Cardinals offense is and how real this uh, Washington defense is. Um, so that is the game I am looking forward to next week. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, I mean, to be honest with you, we can't really get out of talking about these, like, huge losses without mentioning the Browns. Um, I don't think that anybody necessarily expected them to win, um, especially with a Ravens team that's looking like they have a lot to prove. I mean, they had a great showing in the AFC playoffs, but not even being able to, not being able to capitalize, to me, this is more of a revenge tour for them and they want to come back and show the world that hey you know what this was not a blip on the radar Lamar isn't going to have a sophomore slump we are absolutely it's Super Bowl or bust for us this year and they absolutely showed it I mean they they scored their two touchdowns in the second quarter within two minutes of each other Um, they were able to stop the Browns and of course they had missed field goals uh, which never helped but I mean, it was an absolute ass-whooping, to put it politely. Yeah, I agree. I I think people are interested to see whether the Ravens are for real or whether they're a one-year wonder. Um, I do think that they are going to have a tougher time this year um, with more film on their offense. Um, Usually defenses are able to adjust a little bit, but it did not show in this game. Um, The Browns, you know... Poor Browns fans, man. Um, every year, they I mean, they have as much talent as anybody. And, 
they definitely were not, not able to put it together in this one, um, you know, coming in with the first year head coach um, in kind of a weird offseason. Maybe maybe they'll be able to put it together. Or maybe the Browns are just a team that really, truly is just doomed to be the Browns forever. I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see that all year. They, they're like a uh, they're like a crash, a car crash. You know, they you, you can't you just can't look away. No, that's that's the problem. Uh, I also saw a take which I disagree with um, because I think he's I think he's much better. I saw the the take that Baker Mayfield was just a sober Johnny Manziel, um, and while that hurt me on the inside, um, it's starting to look a little bit more true and true in the sense that. Um, there wasn't what I noticed on Sunday because I watched a lot more of the AFC North than anything was not necessarily the play calling was bad. It was that they didn't ride their hot hand. And when you have Kareem Hunt and you have Nick Chubb in the backfield, they arguably have a top five backfield in the league. And when things aren't going well through the air because a line is getting to Baker quick, you need to be able to capitalize on that. Um, but essentially, being a Browns fan, of course, this is never fun to watch. But when you have one of the most dynamic backfields in the league, I think that they needed to utilize that a lot more. I would have had it in the running back's hands probably about ten more times throughout the course of um, throughout the course of the day. I don't think they even utilized Hooper enough. I mean, they've paid him a lot of money to come in. Um, he is an exceptional talent. I mean, when you look overall, especially on paper, at the weapons the Browns have, people are like, oh, that's an 11-12 to 12 win team right there. Um, and the fact that they can't be putting up at least 28 to 30 points a game, uh, I think is going to something to haunt them. But you're exactly right. Browns are going to Brown. Um, that will haunt me forever. Um, and that's, yeah, Thursday night game. I'm extremely interested to see this one. Uh, I think this one actually plays well for the Browns. Um, you know, this is totally a game that they can get things right. Um, their defensive line is a strength for them. The Bengals' offensive line is their main weakness. Um, so if they can get that pressure on that rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow, the number one pick, um, I think they can have a good game, and this game can go in their favor. Um, if the Browns drop this one, then... I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Browns fans or where the Browns as a team go from there. I mean, um, to lose if they can if they manage to lose to um, the worst team from last year, then that's going to be a wake up call for them. Um, and you may see some moves made early in the year. Um, you know, they have a lot of drama in that locker room with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and Baker Mayfield. But I'm absolutely interested to see this one. I'm excited for tomorrow. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. The The Browns fan base, and I'm sure that most fan bases are like this, but because I'm in one, I notice it a lot more. Um, but literally, as we were getting stomped on in the third quarter, I had already seen photoshops of Trevor Lawrence in a Browns uniform. I mean, we just, we cannot be doing that week one. Um, but you're exactly right about about the line comparison. It is definitely something that should be um, a strength for Cleveland, but also um, both Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels for the Bengals are out. So um, while 
Obviously, that sucks for them. That only helps out the Browns in their favor. Um, they've got nobody at least Im- important on that IR list at the moment. Um, but, of course, we've got we've got another day to figure that out. Absolutely. I don't think uh, I don't think you can give the ball to Nick Chubb too much. I don't think it's possible to give him the ball too much. And this is a game where I, if I'm if I'm the Browns, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, um, I'm giving Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb the ball each 20 times. I mean, the, the Bengals defensive line is is a bit banged up right now, um, and then the Browns can just run the heck out of the ball. No reason they shouldn't um, get that play action pass going. You know. Like I said, I think it's absolutely a, a get-right game for the Browns. Um, definitely a, a game that can can cure some remedies where they can um, maybe get all all cylinders firing. Um, but if they don't, then it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting season from here on out for the Browns. No, I mean yeah, you hit the nail on the head there too. Um, and I I watched a lot of that Bengals game too because it came on right after the Browns game, and Burrow didn't look bad at all especially for somebody that's in their first game without any preseason games getting thrown into the fire to the worst team of last year um i thought that he stepped up i think that opi was a bullshit call at the end um can't do anything about that but especially for somebody that had a bosa brother chasing them down all afternoon um i thought that he did really well uh he was able to put points on the board um he only had one pick so he didn't seem too erratic he didn't seem to be making too many um missteps and poor decisions so we'll just have to see where he goes from there because um while the while bosa is will be out of the two teams the best guy he faces he'll face a much more dynamic line with the browns coming at him so there are a lot more parts to that one. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think Joe Burrow is definitely going to have rookie moments this year. He is a rookie. Uh, but I think he's going to keep this team competitive all the way through. I don't know what their record's going to end up being. Um, but I do think he's going to provide a lot of hope for this team. I know he missed a few throws. you got to let the guys play. Um, you know, if it's the second quarter, that's one thing. But in the fourth quarter on the last drive of the game, you just got to let him play sometimes. Um yeah, super excited for Joe Burrow. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. But um, I wanted to take us, you know, keep us on the one o'clock train here. That uh, the Vikings are traveling to Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, do you think this is a a chance for a bounce back? Because at least me personally, I am a Kirk Cousins hater. Uh, always have been. So I think that this will be a great bounce back opportunity for the Colts at home. Um, they're favored minus three, which isn't a lot at all. Um, but I definitely think they've got the, they've definitely got the, the opportunity to get it done because all Kirk Cousins has is Thielen out there, at least to me. Yeah, I think this is a, I think this is a pretty good matchup. I, I I think this will be another interesting game. Um, both teams I think are going to be able to put some points up on the board this year. Um, this is another game where I think the Vikings lost a lot of pieces to their defense. I don't think it's, um, I mean, they just let up, I think 43 points to, um, to Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, that's not, you know, he's obviously a great quarterback, but they let up 43 points last week. Um, so I think that there, this, this defense leads some opportunities for the Colts. Both defenses have some figuring out to do. Um, so I think this, I think this will be a good matchup. I think it's going to come down to whether or not Phillip Rivers makes any mistakes or not. Um, and 
he is prone to make those. So, um, like I said, I'm a pessimistic fan. So I, I would probably go ahead and take the Vikings in this one because uh, that's just my nature. But um, absolutely a game that either one of these teams could win. And I could see I could see one of the two teams actually running away with this one um, if one team shows up and the other doesn't. Oh, yeah. No, you're so right on that. And I thought that it was um, – I'm sure that, like, Phil Rivers got PTSD too because um, – the the Colts were staring down a game-winning drive late in the fourth quarter, and when you think of um, when you think of uh, Chargers Phil Rivers, that's all you can think of um, is that you know ball in his hands late. Can he do anything with it? Um, and I thought that was just I mean it it was like football poetry out there. So that was that was something that I enjoyed. Um, but one one game. And we can go down the line here. Um, I'm just on ESPN's website. But Jaguars and Titans is something I'm really looking forward to. Um, a red-hot Jags team. Um, but also, you know, the Titans that, for a lot of people's mind, they're another playoff contender. So um, have you looked at all at that one? What are your thoughts? That one is another one. Um you know, are the Titans for real? Are they not? Their offense was going up against the defense. Um, a good defense, but a defense that lost a lot of their core pieces. You know, they lost Chris Harris. Um, they lost Von Miller right before the season, and then they only put up, I think, 16 points last week. Um, and I don't know that they really got A.J. Brown all that involved, so I'm not too scared of this Titans offense. I don't think that they can put up a ton of points, um, but that defense is, is very solid. So um, this one will be an interesting one. Um, I think I think I would take the Titans in this one for sure uh, because they just have the more consistent team. Um, but the Titans are a team I'm going to be interested to watch throughout the first half of this year um, and how real were they last year, how real was that finish last year because um, they are the favorites to win this division, I believe. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting one. When Minshew is somebody that I have a hard time betting against. I think he's going to be a guy that um, – can put up points and he's, he's going to keep this team again, similar to Joe Burrow. He's going to keep this team competitive all year. Um, because regardless of that, um, some other guys just don't bring. Oh, you're, you're exactly. And plus he's just a blast to watch. So, I mean, he, he looks like he came, you know, I mean, and he did, he, he came, what was it? Um, he was a Mike Leach prodigy, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he, he started out at uh, Eastern Carolina, I believe, um, ECU, and then he, he went and transferred to Washington State and blew it up for a year. Um, and then he came in and, and took that Jaguars job after Foles fell. And uh, just he's he's been doing it ever since. And, you know, he, he had a good year last year statistically, and his efficiency was good. Um, and last week, I mean – I don't know. I don't know how many quarterbacks had a better week than him last week. There were some good performances, but you know he's certainly up there with the top with one of the top performances from last week. Oh yeah, no, definitely agree. I mean, I know he had three touchdowns. I don't think any picks that I can remember. Maybe one, um, but no, he he played absolutely light. But you're right that the um, that the Titans defense will be absolutely ready for him. Um, another another rubber match that I'm super excited for is Giants Bears because we get a weird mix of things. Um the Giants are coming off, you know, a day less of rest 
for this week. And Saquon's got to be mad because Ben Roethlisberger had more rushing yards than he did on Monday night. So he's obviously got to be livid. Daniel Jones played fine to me. Uh, but on the other side of the field, you've got a Bears team that is, uh, from Bears fans, what I've seen, they are waiting to put him up on a pedestal. So I think that this is also a huge game for him because he really only had a good fourth quarter last week. Uh, the other three quarters were mediocre, to say the best. Um, but his fourth quarter was absolutely bananas. Yeah, I think what you said about the Bears fans there and whether they're ready to crucify or put him put Trubisky on a pedestal says a lot about that team um, over the last year or two. We've seen the Bears look at moments like one of the best teams in the league, at other moments like one of the worst teams in the league. Um, and they really go as Trubisky goes. He can put together some like amazing plays. He's out of the pocket. He's, he's making throws on the run. Um, so this team really needs to find some consistency. Um, and if they do, they can be one of the better teams this year, I think. I like their weapons on offense. Um, I do like Nagy as an offensive uh, mind. Uh, and then their defense has talent on it. So um, I do like them. The Giants are a team that I'm interested in seeing as well because uh, they do have some young pieces in Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Darius Slayton, who's, uh, I mean, how about the year Darius Slayton had last year? And then he starts it off with 100 yards and two touchdowns this year. So He'll be a guy that's interesting to watch. Um, I think this will be a good one. I think I will take the Bears in this one. Um, but both of these teams, I think, all, all throughout the year are going to be, at moments, um, impressive and at other moments, embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, with going either with Trubisky as a team can either be very good or very bad. Um but do you believe there was an ESPN story that came out today um, that Allen Robinson said that he expects to be with the Bears for the rest of the season? Do you give any, I mean, is that just him like trying to cover himself from a PR standpoint? I mean, do, or do you actually think he'll be around for the whole season for the Bears? Um, you know, I think that's one where it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears do. Um, this year win winning cures all, you know, winning is something that fixes a lot of problems. Um, if Alan Robinson is getting fed, if he's having a good year, I think he'll stay mostly quiet. Obviously he's not happy about his contract situation if things are going well. Um, but if, if things aren't going well for the bears and they don't have any plans of signing Alan Robinson, why not? Uh, you know, why, why would you hang on to him? Why not? Um, try to get something out of them. Um, so, you know, that's something that's going to be interesting to see how the Bears season goes. They are 1-0 right now. Um, and even after that win, that you're hearing some of that talk. So um, I, if I had to bet, if I was a betting man, I'd say he stays on the team throughout the year. But um, anything can happen. Okay. All right. Well, uh, up next on the slate, we've got um, Matt Ryan and the Falcons going into Jerry World. Um, I Both these teams, i got to be honest with you, I still, and it's probably because it's just week one and we had no preseason, but I cannot get a read on either of these teams. I mean, the Falcons added Gurley, so you, you would have expected them to have higher offensive output, but... And, you know, this is one of Dak's, another kind of 
season where he really needs to put a stamp on it if he's going to you know reasonably ask Jerry for $45 million a year um, in a contract. But at least out of the performance in week one, I couldn't tell left from right with either of these teams. So what kind of read did, did you get from him? What can we expect? Um, you know, I think something that the Falcons have pretty much been throughout the last few years is a team that can put up points, but they don't have much of a defense. And I think, you know, at least through one week, that's what we saw. Um, they were able to put up points last week, but I am worried about the Cowboys defense after losing Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, so, I think this one will be a shootout. I'll take the Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott is a guy that you mentioned his contract. Um, I think he's a very good quarterback. I don't think he's one of the top guys. I think with the team around him, um, he's great for this team. But I don't think he's going to be you – know, I don't think he's on the Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes level at all um, by any means. I think he's probably in the top of um, you know the second or third tier of quarterbacks. Um, I do think he's very good, but I don't think he's um, he's worth top money necessarily. But that is kind of how the quarterback market goes. Whoever the latest to sign um, is gets the most money. You're you're exactly right, um, especially with you know not having him on that higher level. But that's also what confuses me about quarterback contracts too, because I know that like we we. Put Mahomes, Jackson, Wilson probably up there as top three. And however, you know, at least this season and however you rank them, you know, you might shuffle them around a little bit. But I, you know, smart business says that, you know, if they're not one of those three, then you don't give them that money. But that's never how it seems to work. I mean, the closer that some of these guys get to a contract extension, if they're looking especially for you know, a second contract, like, uh, you know, Baker won't see that. Josh Allen won't see that. Um, at least I wouldn't assume that they would, but that's the crazy thing that, that blows my mind is Dak does not deserve that money, but it wouldn't surprise me if he get it, gets it because then, you know, then Jerry and the team have to worry about, all right, well, who are we going to bring on now? Are we going to trade for somebody or, do we have to bring up somebody through the farm system? Are we going to give Andy Dalton the keys? Like we have, there are way too many variables and I think they might just rather pay it and deal with having an, a slightly above average quarterback than, you know, leaving so many things to chance. Yeah. The quarterback market. I mean, I think it's, it's, do you want that security? Do you want the guy that you know what he is on your team? Um, and are you are you willing to pay for that uh, that known commodity? And I think Dak Prescott, you know, if he goes out and has a good year, um, I think they will end up paying him. You know, guys like Kirk Cousins. I mean, before this offseason, I think Kirk Cousins was the highest paid quarterback in the league. Um, that being said, though, I think that the quarterback market is so different than what it was ten years ago. Where ten years ago, I would have said that there were maybe five maybe 10 quarterbacks that were good in this league. And now, I mean, I think you got 20 to 25 quarterbacks that, you know, deserve to be on these teams and are good quarterbacks. So I think the quarterback market is way more flush with talent now than it was uh, 10 years ago. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. that I don't know that the market has necessarily responded to that. So um, he could absolutely end up getting paid, but, no one's going to touch Pat Mahomes, I don't think, for a while. So, 
Well, I, I kind of want to go off that point that you just mentioned, that the quarterback market, more so than we've seen in a long time, is flush with a lot of talent, and that's great for them. But if you look on the other side, I mean, the guys that they're handing the ball off to, I would also argue that the running back position is also really flush with talent, and then the GMs and owners use that as an excuse to give them the shaft when it comes to a contract. Like, if you're, a, to me, um, a running back is seen more expendable than it has been in a long time, too. I mean, if you're not a McCaffrey or some of these other really big guys like Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, that you shouldn't expect a huge contract and because they know that they can get these great guys out of college with fresh legs and just run them into the ground until their rookie contract is over, and then flip them for more draft picks. I mean, to me, that's a perfect instance of where the market has kind of screwed them because there are a lot of running backs that are deserving of money, um, but they are sure as shit not getting it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm an NFL GM, I'm never signing a running back to a second contract. Um, There are certain (laughs) circumstances where I think – there's certain circumstances that I think are special um, where a running back's talent is uh, – the, the identity of a team is tied up in that running back. For example, the Titans and Derrick Henry, um, I think that that team needs him. And, and without him, I think that they would be a bit lost. Um, but running backs are far easier to plug into um, a situation. And um, if you have a good offensive line, they're going to have success. I mean uh, – you got a lot of guys that end up that are undrafted, um, undrafted, and they end up having success in this league, like Philip Lindsay. That Jaguars running back won the job, and he looked good in Week One. Um, he's undrafted, so you get a lot of guys uh, that that you can find out of nowhere. I mean, you can pick guys that come in and and um, have a big impact in the middle rounds too. So. No reason really to pay these guys that much money, the money that they're commanding. Um, we did see a lot of guys actually get new contracts or get extensions this offseason. I was pretty surprised to see guys like Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook. Um, I think there were a few others that got that got those extensions. But Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt got an extension too. Um, yeah. So, I no, you're, you're exactly right. I think that I can count on one hand, and I won't need all digits to count on the amount of running backs that I would pay. Um, and for the, for those guys that you also kind of see them doing double work too, like they're not just getting the ball handed off and they're not just blocking, um, when there's a quarterback sneak or anything like that, but they're also getting out into the flat and they're catching too. So when the play collapses, they're perfectly fine rolling out, catching, and then making a play out of absolutely nothing. Go out for routes. I got to be able to run routes out of the backfield. Um, Christian McCaffrey is one of those guys that can do it all. Zeke's pretty good at doing all of it. Saquon. Uh, so so those guys, you know, they deserve to be paid. Derrick Henry's an interesting one because he's not as involved in the receiving game. But I, I do think that that team is – their identity is so tied up in him that um, it was important for them to re-sign him. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And he's a huge part of the culture too. Like um, a lot of the guys that are especially on the offense – look to him to help set the pace with whatever's happening. Um, And then kind of keeping going down the line here, we've got Detroit traveling to Lambeau. Um, Green Bay's favored by six. 
I'm going to take that line. I would probably still take it if it was 9 to 10. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that one. I think um, the Lions, uh, without Kenny Galladay, they were they were able to put up some a few points, and, and they were able to, you know, there were a DeAndre Swift drop away from winning that game. Um, <laughs> that hurt think, so bad. <laughs> I think, you know, they're, they're a similar team to the Falcons in my eyes. I think they're a team that will be able to put up points to stay competitive at least a little bit. Um, but I don't know how good their defense is. And the Packers, I mean, shoot, if they're putting up 43 points, um, you know, if this offense is back, then, you know, they went, I think, 13-3 and three last year with really a lackluster offense. So, you know, they have a very talented defense. They've got some talented guys in their secondary. Um, they've got Zadarius Smith on their defensive line who um, always brings it. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you there. I'd probably go ahead and, and – if somebody was giving me that line of nine, um, I'd probably go ahead and take that as well. This one, this one's kind of a weird one for me because I thought that the Dolphins underperformed. I'm a huge Brian Flores fan. Um, I think that he's done a lot with a little, especially when it comes to Miami. Um, but if Josh Allen can continue to put up over 300 yards and two touchdowns every game, um, especially after adding digs, it's going to be really tough to combat that. I agree. I don't think that – I do not think Buffalo wants to be throwing the ball 46 times. Defense is very well-rounded. Um, and, you know, I like I like John Brown on this offense. I like a lot of the weapons that they have. Even, even Dawson Knox at tight end, I think he's a little bit dynamic. Um, and then this defense is very good. Um, the Dolphins are an interesting team. I mean – it's which which Fitzpatrick is going to show up. Uh, you know, how, how long do you think before before Tua gets a shot? Does he get a shot this year? Uh, what do you think? I definitely think he should get a shot. Um, I definitely think he should. Uh, I would probably put it around week seven or week eight. I think that um, that they're going to you know kind of throw Fitzmagic into the fire almost as a teaching moment, so they can say, all right, well now you've been able to read the offensive line for half the season and you can realize what we're doing right you can realize what he's doing wrong and then try to correct those mistakes so i think that they're doing the right thing by keeping him out a little bit that always worries me about quarterbacks and as a browns fan i've seen it more times than i can count um, to where a rookie quarterback gets thrown into the fire too early far too early um, and then it essentially just tanks their career because they can't get a hold of anything and then they get cut and then nobody wants to be able to trust them to bring them on and then they just get left in you know a jobless practice squad somewhere so uh, for Tua's sake I think they're doing the right thing um, I hope they're doing the right thing but I could see about halfway through the season, we'll see him. I, I think that the fans and people will eventually get to them to bring him on. So, Yeah, I, I'm not sure when their bye week is, but I would imagine sometime after their bye week, um, possibly that could be the, when the reins are turned over. Um, they may also be looking at how their offensive line performs. Um, you know, with Tua coming off of an injury, incredibly fast um really the fact that he was available for week one is amazing um i think maybe that's something that they're looking at is how they perform um and if they are willing to put him out behind uh, behind their offensive line uh because 
like you said, uh, not only, you know, do they have to make sure that he's ready mentally, but, um, you know, for a rookie quarterback to go out there and just only feel pressure the entire game, you know, they, they have, they, it's already, the game's already fast enough. Um, it's a huge speed change from college to the NFL. So if they don't have time to process at all, that's going to really hurt his development. So as far as his development and his injury goes, I, I think that the offensive line might be a big tell as to whether or not they'll put him in earlier or later. Yeah, and I, I just looked it up. Um, I just did a quick Google, and it's week 11 um, that they get their that they get their bye week. Um, so, and that is literally, they have the Jets, the bye week, and then the Jets again. So, I actually, your prediction sounds perfect. I think that that would be a great place. Like, even if you only wanted to play one game, then you just played this team, and then you can spend two weeks scheming to play them again. And it's not like you're scheming against the Chiefs. You're not scheming against the Ravens. It's the damn Jets. Absolutely. I'm taking the 49ers, and I guess my confidence is low after week one, but I don't think it'll be particularly close. Yeah, I agree. You got to go with the 49ers in this one. Uh, like I said, the Jets are a team that I thought was on the rise. So I've made a lot of bold predictions about the Jets. Um, so it's hard for me to, to throw them away too soon um, because they could be one of those teams that because of how their youth, um, they could be pretty inconsistent. But yeah, I mean, it's hard. It would be hard to take the Jets in this one. Um, that defense of the 49ers is stout. Um, and uh, they've, they've got a stable of running backs that will uh, run around you, run through you, run over you. Um, they'll do it all. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. Um, and our next game, it it's kind of like the Falcons-Cowboys in, in similar fashion that it confuses me because I think that the Eagles... Uh, I mean, a poor, a poor showing is putting it nicely, but um, they really lackluster performance last week. I don't think they were playing up to their, you know, up to what is their par. Um, and the Rams squeaked out one against the Cowboys. So I don't know what to expect from them necessarily either. Um, but I would most likely expect a close match, and that's about it on, on this one. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Eagles this year. You know, they had a, kind of a tough time last year finding their way, um, and they've dealt with a lot of injuries already this year, and then their offensive line is just decimated. They've lost two of their starters for the year, I believe, um, including Brandon Brooks, um, who was is one of the best guards in the league. I believe PFF has him ranked as the best, actually. Um, so... That one is going to be um, – I, I would definitely take the Rams in that one, which uh, this one actually has Philly as the favorite um, on ESPN. Um, but I, I'm going to ho- go ahead and deal with the Rams in this one. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's a bad call at all. Um, I think that the before I start you know, betting on the Eagles that they need to find their footing first, and they clearly had none of it um, whatsoever. Um, but somebody that did have their footing – um, pretty handily last week was the Steelers. Um, they they pushed Saquon around. That line looked absolutely disgusting. Um, Big Ben looked back to normal with over 200 yards, three touchdowns. So 
Um, a lot of people are really high on the Broncos this season, and as you very well know by the fact that I have Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay, that I too am high on the Broncos. But um, after after the Steelers showing on Monday night, I don't know how high I should be on them coming into this game next weekend. Yeah, I think Broncos fans might ask you to not be high on them, um, considering those are the two guys that have gotten hurt. Uh, they, may, they may be coming for you. Um, yes, the Steelers, uh, it, you know, love, hate the Steelers, whatever your feelings are. Um, it felt right in a way for Ben Roethlisberger to be back and this Steelers offense to look like what we've known them to look like. Um, with Ben Roethlisberger, it just felt, um, like there was a some some normalcy back in 2020, um, so that was an interesting one. Yeah, the Broncos are going to be a team to watch all year um, with Jerry Judy, uh, Drew Locke, Noah Fant. They've got a lot of young talent on this. Team. Yeah, I think Elway's tied to him more than anybody. But yeah, you're. I'm, it's it's somebody where he he seems disposable enough to where it wouldn't be a massive detriment to the offense. So. Um, and then keeping on, keeping on, we've got Panthers, Bucks. That's taking place in Tampa. Um, Teddy Bridgewater's looking to get on a little bit more of a footing. And while he didn't have a great game, he still had a better game than Brady. Uh, Brady got, got off onto a terrible foot. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily indicative of how the whole season will go for these guys, but um, it honestly looks like they just really need to work on their chemistry. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Uh, the Saints, you know, the Saints are a very good defense, and that's who Brady ran up against. Um, I do think this team needs some more chemistry, um, which I think I think against the Panthers, very young defense. Um, I think they. Every one of their picks in the draft was a defensive player. So they're going to have a lot of rookies rotating in um, that Tom Brady can take advantage of. I think this is a good game for the Buccaneers to kind of get that chemistry going. I do really like the Panthers, um, not necessarily to do anything this year, but I think they're going to be competitive because their offense is interesting to me, adding Robbie Anderson um, and a quarterback that can distribute the ball. Um, I think I think they're an interesting team to watch. I think they're going to be interesting for fantasy. I think – this year as far as winning games goes well yeah so um if you had to if you had to say who you who you've got in this game who are you feeling because they're both 0-1 at the moment i would definitely take the buccaneers in this one um they are a nine point favorite according to espn um and i think i don't know about nine points I, I, who knows um but i would take the, the buccaneers and tom brady against the very young defense no, I I think it's definitely a smart and safe bet. So definitely don't disagree on that one. Um, we're on to the, the 405s where we've got Washington um, Cardinals. We talked about this a little bit, um, so I don't know if we have to add um, anything to this, but um, I think this is going to be a battle of the you know offensive-defensive lines more so. Um, but did you have anything to add on to this one? Uh, not too much to add. I think the Cardinals will will win this one. They are the favorites. Um, I'm not sure what Dwayne Haskins is yet in the NFL. He has a good quarter here, a good quarter there, but he also has some really bad in between that. Um, so I think that's an interesting one. I do think their defense is going to keep them competitive, um, but I think that the Cardinals are, are the team to go with in this one here. Um, 
They got a lot of weapons. Not one good in that one. I think he won that job more off of his uh, leadership and and veteran uh, status over Justin Herbert. Um, so I, I would be interested to see, you know, even if this team is winning a few games um, this year, you know, maybe they go four and four or so through the first eight games. Um, if Tyrod Taylor is looking like he looked last week, um, if they still make that move or not. Yeah, I think that we're kind of watching this play out in real time to where Tyrod is almost like, and this is the only name that's popping into my head now, but he's tra- he's almost becoming a journeyman in a sense. Like he might be coming like a newer Brian Hoyer in the sense that we've already seen him on at minimum. I can come up with three teams off the top of my head that he's already been on, and I might be missing one or two off that one. So it seems that people like to have him around as a really solid backup, but um, it, as as what we saw just playing against the Bengals and you know. Um, not a great defense to boot for them that he barely, barely got a win. So I don't know really how much trust they should be having him, if at all. And we've seen we've seen Tyrod on um, hard knocks, I believe, two years in a row now. Um, it's hard to not like the guy. I mean, he, he is. I see why he's uh, a leader in the locker room. He is, he is a really cool guy. Um, and you, you wish that the success followed um, – with that personality and leadership that he has, but um, I'm not sure that he's he is anything more than a um, than a stopgap or or a bridge quarterback um, slash journeyman. Um, I think that's a good good analysis that he is going to be that guy for maybe the rest of his career, um, which isn't the worst thing, you know. So a lot of guys make a lot of money in this league um, being that bridge quarterback, um, being that guy um, that can lead this team the team through through uh different regime changes i was gonna say yeah they he he will make more money than i'll ever see so my level of (laughs) my level of a uh you know feeling bad is is kind of low on that one yeah um a game that i'm also excited to see is ravens texans i mean i think for a lot of people that they're you know they're just gonna you know take the ravens and not think about it much but um i do think that there is something to be said with um, with the Texans in being able to do a little bit better than the Browns at stopping the run. Um, and I think that if they can eliminate Mark Ingram, it's going to be really tough to eliminate just Lamar in general, but being able to stop some of that run in general could be really beneficial for them. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the Texans are a team where I think just as just as soon as you want to poo-poo on them, uh, I think they're going to go ahead and have great weeks here and there. I don't know that this week is going to be the week. It could be. Um, I think that they are going to have more success um, than the Browns. The Browns have a kind of depleted defense, whereas the Texans, um, they've got some solid pieces on that defensive line with J.J. Watts still there, um, still wreaking re- havoc on um, the defensive end. Um I think that it's just going to take this Texans offense some time to mesh at receiver. Uh, watching that game last week, I'll be interested to see um, Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks getting more involved. Oh yeah, you, Will Fuller looked like he was, you know, playing for four guys out there. Um, and for fantasy teams, that's awesome. Um, I know that people will absolutely love to see that, but um, they're going to need more. They're going to need more than seventy-seven yards out of David Johnson. Um, 
if they want to get if they want to even come close to getting away with a win. I mean, I'm still definitely taking the Ravens on this, but um, you know, this is a game where the Texans are at least going to try really hard to make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're going to need to put up a lot of points to stick with the Ravens this year. I would take the Seahawks in this game. The Patriots got to travel a long way. I'm not sure how good or not the Patriots are. You know, they, they're coming off of playing the the, the Dolphins. Um, they don't have much going for them offensively other than Cam Newton. Um, I think they're going to be kind of like they were last year and just winning really ugly games. Um, but I don't know that they can win this game against the Seahawks who have, um, you know, some, some would say maybe the best quarterback in the league. I really, really like Russell Wilson. Gained a ton of respect for him and a ton of appreciation for him over the last couple of years. Um, if Pat Mahomes wasn't in the league, I would definitely say he was the best quarterback in the league. Um, but top two for sure. I, I, I like the weapons for the Seahawks, and um, I would take them in this game as well. Well, and they, they made a statement win against Atlanta with, you know, a two-score win. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, – this year in situations where the Patriots have to throw the ball, um, how Cam Newton looks throwing the ball and um, who he's looking to, who he finds that chemistry with. My bet would be on Julian Edelman. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can get anything out of Nikhil Harry this year, who they spent a first-round draft pick on last year. And I think, yeah, I mean, I hope he does. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, that, that's a really good point. Um, and then we end in Monday night with the opening of Allegiant Stadium, um, the the dome teams are traveling to one another. So we've got the Saints coming up to Vegas um, to open up their stadium. Uh, this is going to be a blast, mainly because I'm really excited to see the stadium, like, and actually have people play in it for the first time. Um, but regardless, I still I still think that they're going to come away with a with a loss in their you know stadium opener. Yeah, I'm super interested to see the Death Star from the inside. That stadium looks sweet. Um, yeah, hard to, hard to bet against the Saints here with, uh, you know, they have the more stable quarterback. Drew Brees has shown, um, you know, he can bring it still. They did only score 14 points offensively last week, um, despite the, uh, the point total from last week for the Saints. I think that they only scored uh, two touchdowns offensively. Um, and, and with Mike Thomas being out, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. So this game could be interesting. Um, I wouldn't be honestly too shocked if the Raiders pulled this one out, but like I said before, the saints do have a very talented defense. Um, if they can get any of those receivers like Emmanuel Sanders, who I think still has it, um, or Traquan Smith, uh, to step up, then, then I think the saints will, will come away with this one. That's a I I completely forgot about that. So I'm really glad you brought that up about Michael Thomas. And if you were just looking at his stat line and knowing that he was hurt, that you would have expected him to have been hurt within the first five or six minutes of the game. But the fact that he had such minimal production coming into the tail end of the fourth quarter when the injury came, um, that it's really interesting to see that they were still able to squeak by without him. So I'm, I'm interested to see who will take that next step for them. I, I really have no inclination 
on who that might be, but you've probably got a couple guys in the wings that are absolutely itching to, to get that next shot. Yeah, absolutely. I was wrong about the amount of points that they put up last week offensively, so I wanted to correct that. They, uh, it looks like they put up about 27 offensively last week. Um, so they, they did have some production. I know they had a pick six. Um, for some reason, I thought they had a field goal block or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if Drew Brees has that connection established with Manuel Sanders, um, I think he could have a big game and, and I think that they could pull this one out. I think they're going against some young corners, um, and Damon Arnett. I don't know who else, um, not sure who else Oakland has or not Oakland, sorry, Las Vegas has, uh, no, it's, corner, it's Oakland, but, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um. I, I think I would I would still take put my money on uh, the Saints here, but uh, we could see a close one. We could see an upset here. Um, maybe the Raiders come out with some a little bit extra with uh, them being in the home opener. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, well, Tommy, CEO of Wetsu, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, but again, folks, feel free to find him. They've got a few of the guys that are running around, um, you know, being contributors and adding on to the Twitter, adding on to the blog. So um, definitely need to take your talents over there. Give them a follow. Um, But we'll have Tommy back a few times throughout the course of the season, Um, whether it's just to talk about the Colts, whether it's talk about um, the division in general, or we can do the exact same thing, run it all back. Um, I love this. This was an absolute blast. So, um, Tommy, I greatly appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk football for for a good amount of time. I enjoy it. Um, So thank you. Of course. All right. Well, uh, everybody take care, and we will talk to you soon.